IASA's additional coverage, podcast number six. I'm your host, Tim Hicks, and joining me for today's additional coverage is Paul Heacock. Well, hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. Glad to be with you. Glad to have you here. Paul is an author and speaker and offers online virtual and in-person presentations based on his recently published book, Basic Relationship and Leadership Strategies, Common Sense Ideas on How to Get Along Better with the Important People in Your Life. That's a mouthful. But before that, he was in the insurance industry since 1967 and is an IASA past president from 1980 to 81. But today we're going to talk about how to reduce stress. But before we get started, I would like to recognize the support received from IASA's member companies and volunteers. IASA is the voice of the insurance industry. So if your company is not already a member, I encourage you to consider all of the benefits that come with membership in IASA. You can find out more at IASA.org. Well, Paul, you've recently published a book called Basic Relationship and Leadership Strategies. Well, BASIC, since it's all caps, obviously stands for something. Tell us what it stands for and a little more about the book. Actually, yes, it is an acronym. You know, when as, as I was approaching the end of my career, I was kind of wondering, what was going to be on my bucket list when I got there. And one of the things I, I had been developing over a number of years was just kind of some reflections on my career and things I had learned and things that I would hope that others wouldn't have to learn as at such a cost as I did, uh, maybe make less mistakes than I did. So actually I was uh, working with a foreign reinsurance company. And one of the nice things about this reinsurer, Francona was their name, was that they had extensive benefits for us. I actually had like six weeks of paid vacation. Nice. At the time, when we talked to them, we said, well, you know, we don't do that here in the U.S. that much. And they said to, well, we want you to treat you just like we treat everyone else. So we said, sounds good to us. So I had some excess time. Also, there was a bit of a history with a my firstborn daughter, Melissa, was had suffered a brain aneurysm at 10 days. Oh, no. Although the doctors said that she wouldn't live more than 10 days. She actually lived 29 years and outlived both those doctors. But because of that, and the only reason I bring that up is it's central to writing the book. Uh, because of that and this combination of having the extra vacation time, I really had some free time. And as luck would have it, I was sitting in an airport in Denver on my way back from one of my presentations as an ISA president, which you may remember back in those days, that was one of the deals is if you were president, you visited as many chapters as you could. But anyway, I was sitting in the uh, departure lounge and I just struck up a conversation with this gentleman. It turned out he was Fred Pryor. And you may, you may or may not be aware that Fred Pryor is the guy that started the one-day seminar business. Pryor Seminars is the name of his company. And he basically got to talking to me about helping to write a program that they were developing for management skills for the technical person in a leadership role. And combination of my availability and that, that kind of intrigued me. So I, I started researching that a little bit more and long, make a long story a little bit shorter anyway. I 
developed all his materials. I had access to all their classes. I had access to basically all, everything they had. And I began to come up with this idea that, wow, they had all these courses, but about 80% of that was kind of the same thing, was just being repackaged and retitled. So I, as I kept working on it, I, when I was walking, doing my exercise with my big headset on, I kind of came up with this acronym, BASIC, which I, which I felt kind of uh, incorporated the most important and, and in many ways, uh, most memorable and actionable for me ideas from all these courses, from all my life experiences. So the basic acronym, basically there are two Bs in it. And what I say is, in order to get along better with the important people in your life, number one, you need to understand some basic concepts about behavior. Secondly, you've got to keep a balance. So there's two Bs in the acronym. The A stands for a new, beginning situation anew. Talks about there balancing the powerfulness of your experience, but again, not letting that get out of hand. That's BA. Uh, the S is be situational. I love a great quote from Steven Spielberg. He said, uh, said, every actor needs a different director at different times. It's my job to be that director. And I believe that carries on to all the other roles that we play in life. Every child needs a different parent at different times. I believe it's the parent's job to be that parent. In the workforce, every employee needs or every teammate needs a different leader at different times. I believe it's my job as a leader to be that leader. In, in, in any aspect of life, really, being situational is, is always important. So that's B-A-S. The I really stands for watch the eye. And what that's about is just finding the proper balance between a necessary strong self-image and not going too far over and becoming really egocentric. I have a couple of stories I like to tell that illustrate that. Uh, B-A-S-I, then there's three C's. And the first one, of course, is communication. So many failures in any relationship are related to a failure in communication. The second C is care, handle people with care. There's all kinds of lessons in there. One of my favorites is attack the problem, not the person. Often we, we tend to in, in many roles, make it too personal and, and don't really try to address the problem. Then the last C is common sense. And, and that really incorporates everything I try to talk about in the book and in my presentations. And I love to quote Charlie Jarvis here. He said, the average person has an enormous reservoir of common sense because they haven't used much of it yet. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for the question and sorry for the long answer. <laughs> that's all right. That's the basis really of my, my book and my presentation. Interesting. Okay, well, let's uh, jump into what we're wanting to talk about, which is how to maintain a lower stress level. And, you know, the, the pandemic brought a paradigm shift in work environments. And with so many people working from home or in a hybrid situation, this introduces new kinds of stress and pressure on work-life balance. So can you give us some thoughts on how to handle this? Yeah, I, I certainly have some. And, and the one thing I want to make very clear is I don't present myself as perfect in this, perfect parent, perfect partner, perfect leader. But I know when I remember and apply some of the things I'm going to talk about, I'm a better person, a better partner, a better leader. And one of the things I like to do in, in my presentations is, is just to ask the audience, what causes stress? And as you might expect, the answers are pretty predictable. Um, they'll tell me it's traffic. They'll tell me it's 
maybe it's uh, somebody else in their life, it's time, deadlines, it's all these various things. And, and what, what I've come to learn and have read a lot about is that these things are really just events and circumstances, and they occur all the time. What causes stress is our chosen reaction to these events and circumstances. So when we think in terms of, of the pandemic, and certainly that created lots of circumstances, lots of events that we all had to deal with. But I still believe that this concept is evergreen, that it's really our chosen reaction to these events and circumstances that cause us to be stressed. There's a great quote from Raul May. He said, real human freedom is the ability to pause between the events of our lives and choose how we will respond. Real human freedom is the ability to pause between the events of our lives and choose how we will respond. You know, we're the only animal in the kingdom that has that ability. And yet we often, often fail to take full advantage of it. Every study I've seen, and I, I've read a lot about this, really supports that concept that stress is really a choice that we make. How we react to the events and circumstances. You know, life is 10% about what happens to you and about 90% about how you react to it. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of the things I say about my book and everything else is there's nothing new here. The problem is we can't remember and apply it when, when we need to at that, at that moment. And the simple formula that I think helps address stress is events plus our reaction equal the outcome. It isn't the other way around. It isn't that we are driven by the outcome. We really have the ability to control our stress. Now, again, you can't do that all the time. And I'll stand here in front of you and tell you I fail at this every once in a while. But I, I do know that that basic precept does work if, if you can just remember and apply it at the right time. Well, and a lot of stress is stress that we actually put on ourselves, whether we realize we're doing it or not. I find myself in that situation as well. You know, I've got you know guests coming over and I've got two hours to, you know, clean the house and prep the food and prepare drinks and what have you not. And, and you know, that's that's on me for waiting that long to get started on it. I've created my own stress there. Yeah, yeah. And again, once you get yourself into that situation, what's your choice? How do you react to it? Maybe you could marshal some resources to help you get the house clean. Or maybe it doesn't need to be that clean. If these are good friends, they know what a real house that's lived in is. So again, we're internalizing things that maybe we have a choice not to internalize. Now, I really believe and firmly have seen it work. If I can just stop and pause for a second when I'm feeling this stress, stop and pause for a second and think, what are my choices here? You know, that, that traffic jam wasn't created just for me. I mean, there's all kinds of events that are causing that traffic jam. But if it stresses me, it's because I, I chose to let it stress me. Sure. And that can apply to, you know, a health issue. You can, you can look at just about any phase of anything that happens in life. You can react in such a way that causes yourself stress, or you can step back and, like I always say, flip the Rubik's Cube a little bit. Look at it from different perspectives and see, is it really worth stressing about? What's what's the worst that can happen? So there's definitely some specific things that are actionable that you can do to um, make better choices that help reduce stress. Can you think of more? Well, I think you just hit a big one is keeping your perspective on things. You know, to ask yourself, you know, what's the worst possible outcome here? And then 
okay, can I deal with that? You know, there's a there's an old model that I like that talk I call it I call it the cow model, C-A-L. And it, it really has to do with how can you deal with with an unhealthy situation? So in other words, to avoid falling into this stress bubble. If there's a situation you don't like, really, I think you have three healthy choices. One is to try to change it. What can I do to change it? Now, you mentioned the health issue. Maybe I can't do much to change that health issue, but there's a lot of other things that cause stress that I can. You mentioned getting ready for the party. What can I do to change that? Well, I could start earlier or I could change my expectations. If you can't change it, then ask yourself, can I accept it? You know, some things we get all tied up and bound up about really aren't worth it. Maybe we ought to just accept it. I've got a 19-year-old granddaughter, and sometimes she does things that, you know, I kind of wonder about why is she doing that. But And if I start to get stressed about it, I ask myself, well, is that really that important to me? Or can I just accept that? It's her life. And then if you can't change it and you can't accept it, then you have to seriously think about leaving it, leaving the situation. And, and the power of this little model is if you can't change it, you can't accept it, you can't leave it, you got to start over if you want a healthy solution. Rethink, can I change it? And, and you mentioned a really good point about health situations. Perhaps you have too, but I've known a couple of people that have faced cancer recently. And I can think of one person that basically decided, well, <laughs> this is my job now. I'm going to approach this from a positive point of view and I'm going to, I'm going to beat this thing. I know someone else, unfortunately, that didn't quite take it that way. A lot of doctors and psychologists will tell you a big part of beating something like that is your attitude, is your chosen attitude. Absolutely. It's, it's like you said before, it's 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And you have a choice to make you know, every day. You've got a yeah, choice to make. Really to <laughs> that is the central message that I try to share with people. You can be happy or you can you know, choose to be sourpuss all day long. But what you're doing is hurting yourself if, if that's your choice. You know, another thing that I find, and this is a particular weakness for me, I'll call it, is a lot of stress comes into our lives because we're not living in the present. You know, we're, we've got one foot back out there in the past, worrying about things that we can't change. And then we got another foot out in the future, worrying about things, A, that may never occur, or if they do occur, they won't occur as badly as we as we assume them. There's a great quote from Mark Twain. I'll paraphrase it. But he said, I've experienced a lot of terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. <laughs> this uh -huh. whole concept of fear, F-E-A-R, fear, mm -hmm. false expectations appearing real. And our subconscious mind really can't tell the difference. That's a new one on me. I like that one. Which one? The fear? The false, yeah. Yeah, false, false expectations, expectations appear real. real. And if we let that into our system, we let that into our mind, our subconscious mind really isn't very good at distinguishing between what's real and what's kind of laying in the back of our mind there. And that adds a, a lot of stress. And, and I catch myself occasionally falling for that. So I try to work very hard. And Dale Carnegie called it day-tight compartments. I don't often get a chance to do this, but I'll quote an accountant on this. She said, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow's a promissory note. Today is the only cash you have. Spend it wisely. And I'm just constantly reminding myself of that every day. Are you enjoying the present? You know, it is a present. It's a gift to us today. 
We don't know what tomorrow will bring. We can't change what happened yesterday. So quit stressing out about the shouldas and the wouldas. And as much as you can, don't worry about the future. Try to prepare for the future, obviously, and, and do things positively. But so many times we worry about things that just don't come, just don't come, or don't come as bad as we thought they would. Well, then to your point about should, coulda, woulda, I was able to resolve a lot of stress in my life when I stopped letting my past dictate my future. And I think that's something that uh, people can do to, you know, reduce the uh, the weight on their shoulders and the stress in their life is, hey, look, how much of this is is your own some kind of expectation from, you know, something that's probably, like you said, appearing to be real and it isn't even real or something that happened in the past and you can't change it. Um, all you can do is learn and grow. Face forward, not backwards. That's why the windshield is big and the rearview mirror is small. That's right. That's right. That's that's a good analogy of it. And I'll tell you one other tip I would have, and that is to avoid arguments. Years ago, I went to a friend of mine had the Dale Carnegie franchise here in Kansas City, and he asked me to go to the course and, and take a look at it. Now, I was doing all this research, and I was getting close to winding up my active career. And I said to John, I said, John, why why would I want to do that? I mean, I, I kind of get it. And he said, Paul, do it as a favor for me. I, I would just be like to see someone who I trust judgment kind of give me a, some feedback. And this is the base of Dale Carnegie course. So I went in with kind of a uh, feeling. I would tell you it was one of the most profound things I ever did in my life. I was so blown away by what I learned, but also the change in people I saw, people who would look at their feet when they tried to speak publicly, and 12 weeks later, we're actually giving a speech. But the point of this is, there is a great, great quote from Dale Carnegie. He said, the only way to win an argument is to avoid it. The only way to win an argument is to avoid it. You know, and I thought back and I said, how many arguments have I won, particularly with my wife? I've been married 55 years to the, to the same Wow, well, congratulations. I, I often <laughs> say it's more like 60 if you count the occasional windshield. But 55 years for sure of solid, mostly solid relationships. But I thought about those arguments that we had had. And I said, how many of those did I win? And if the number isn't zero, it's close. It's at pretty close to absolute zero. And it dawned on me, why are we arguing? I mean, we all, we all have our opinions, but we're never going to, in rare circumstances, will we convince of someone else once we get into the emotional argument. Now, if you can have a logical, flat emotional experience, yeah, you might be able to convince somebody. But once the once the feelings go up in the air, all the shields go up and you, and you stop. So I literally, as a result of that course, made a promise I would not argue with anybody. If it got to that stage, I would just agree to disagree or whatever, whatever it was, but I wasn't going to let that argument process raise my horm- my stress hormones. And, I, and blood pressure. <laughs> and blood pressure, yes. I found that that dramatically reduces stress. If you can just tell yourself, there was a, a great quote, never argue with an idiot because they will beat you with experience. <laughs> they'll drag you down to their level and they'll beat you with experience. If you continue arguing with an idiot, then you're, after a while you begin to wonder which one is the real idiot, yeah, right? Yeah. And the other kind of similar to that is never argue with a pig because you're both going to get down in the mud and the pig's going to enjoy it. So uh-huh. <laughs> I, 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 I can't tell you I'm 100% on that, but I'm close on that one. 
I just won't argue with people anymore. It's And in today's political environment, golly, I don't want to argue with anybody. <laughs> you speak the truth. Well, hey, that's about all the time that we have for today's podcast. Thanks so much for sharing your time and, and your wealth of knowledge with us, Paul. Um, our listeners might want to uh, reach out to you. How could they follow up with you if they'd like to? Okay, well, have a website. It's basicrelationships.com. B-A-S-I-C-R-E-L-A-T-I-O-N-S-H-I-P-S, relationships.com. And if you have uh, any comments or questions about the show or any show suggestions, you can always email me. My address is tim.hicks at fisglobal.com. Until next time, I'm Tim Hicks with today's special guest, Paul Heacock. Thank you. It's a pleasure to, to speak with you, Tim. Tune in next time when I will sit down with dynamic public speaker Courtney Clark to talk about employee retention and adaptability. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to subscribe so that you never miss new episodes. Let your friends and colleagues know about the show, too. And one last thing, if you don't mind, please rate and review the show so other people have an easier time finding us. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.